Hey everybody, it's me, your host Zach Amon of the show. Everybody loves Amon. <laughs> um, my guest this week was the Prince of Tulsa, Evan Hughes. Uh, a little late putting this episode out. Sorry. Uh, it was a good episode. A little bit of a long, ep- longer episode than normal. Uh, but you know it was fun. It was good talking with Evan. He's a fun guy to talk to, and I hope you guys enjoy him. And uh, you know, keep looking out for new episodes every Wednesday. Um, big things going on. Big things coming up. Uh, so keep on listening and, you know, just keep doing your thing, people. See ya. Get right into it. Start it right off. I like to start it right off the bat. Nobody's ever prepared. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. What's up, Robot Overlords? I'm sitting here. It's your host, Zach Amon, of the show. Everybody loves Amon. And I'm sitting here with uh, the legend himself, Evan Hughes. Hey, it's good to it's good to be here, Zach. Thank you. I want to thank everybody out there that is, that's listening. sitting there listening right now. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. It's a beautiful day today. You know, it's a nice uh, Tuesday morning still right it is tuesday right yeah it's, yeah, it's tuesday days. it's warm yeah it's very warm we're starting to hit like spring and all that yeah I'm ex- summer, I'm ex- I, guess. I hate i hate winter I'm not a winter fan no i don't like to be cold it's i find it painful that makes sense that's fair i go i'm one of those people that's like oh i love the winter until it's like about like halfway through it and then i'm like god i want the summer to get here and then i'm the same way with the summer i'm like oh i hate being hot yeah. and i'm like but <laughs> I miss it when it's gone. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so what's been going on, man? We, uh, Sunday, saw you Sunday at the Talk Show Inc. You were our guest. Yeah, I've had a long string of shows. I did the the Looney Bin week and then running, going right into the Talk Show Inc. And then being at the open mic last night. And I got some more good stuff coming up on the horizon that I'm in talks. Yeah, you did a, a great job on Talk Show Inc. You were a lot of, you ran. You sprinted across the whole like room for a minute. Well, thank you for saying that. I um, I didn't plan on that before I got there. I was just backstage, and yeah. I just thought that would be the the thing to do. That's a lot of that show sometimes, just being like, "Oh, we don't know what we're gonna do until we get out there." <laughs> yeah, it's it's good and bad because I think when you have a small crowd at a show, you can more easily gauge what what really they like like what they're responding to and you see the high energy stuff working before you go on and you're like i'm going high energy for this that's that's what these 25 people 30 people like yeah and i mean it worked it worked very well yeah i was i was happy i was happy with most of it i was talking to landry about it and this this sounds like something a comic would say but you know not every not everything has to work in it and it won't probably in like an unplanned improvised, yeah. which is what that interview was. I mean, we didn't plan out. We're going to say this. We're going to say that it wasn't like having a comedy set. Yeah. So, you know, there's going to be lines that bomb or even topics you get on that don't end up being that funny. Yeah. Um, but overall, like it, looking at it as an overall thing, I was happy with the, the segment. Yeah. I think it went really well. Yeah. It was a good, a uh, good little interview. Uh, it's a good show, man. It's a fun little, you know, it's something I'm, you know, happy to be a part of. I actually got to do music this week. I haven't, I got to be the music guy. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, I had never seen you with a guitar before, so I was, I was surprised. Yeah, uh, 
I, I yeah, I normally don't uh, play guitar that. I just, you know, I've never figured out a way to implement it into my stand-up, so I just am like, well, I'll just keep it as a separate thing. And think, now it's like, well, maybe there's something I could try with it. I think you should. I just, I'm not very good at, like, writing songs. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I could definitely do, like, uh, you know, play guitar for someone who can write funny songs, and then they can sing the songs. I would do that. But yeah, it was fun. It's, uh, you know. It, what was cool, and I'm gonna give a shout out to Luke, who was the other guy playing guitar. Uh, never, I've met, I've seen Luke a couple times. This was the first time I actually got to meet him. But uh, that kid was good. Like he was really good at like just like picking up on what I was doing, and like it was pretty impressive. Yeah, I think, and you did, you did some of your regular set while you had the guitar, and mm-hmm. I think that's a move you could do. You could yeah. just do whatever jokes you feel like. Where you could add a little thing to it. Like you've probably seen a bunch of Peter's guitar sets and he's doing his jokes from before the guitar and he's just adding in a little, you know, and it works a little guitar. Yeah. It works very well. Uh, especially for like Peter's style. It works very well. So usually when, so to the people that listen to the show regularly, usually we start the show with current events, but I think I'm going to stop with that because here's the thing. Every current event that I go through just depresses me more and more. (laughs) We live in such a sad time, you know, it's like, Hey, here's all these people dying, but check this out. Kim Kardashian's doing something, you know? And it's just like, there's this weird, like what's important. And what, like I read this story today, this dude, uh, I think it was in Florida, of course. Florida's, you know, Florida, the man. west of, you know, it's like the wild west out there. But uh, this guy, Good Samaritan, paying for, like, people's meals at a Waffle House, you know, giving, like, people 20 bucks to pay for their meals. Gets shot. Dude shoots him. He's just <laughs> like, you ain't going to pay for mine. Fucking shot the guy. Oh, Killed my God. him. It turned from a nice thing. It's like, ugh, it's just weird. And then, you know, I just, everything's like, you know, all politics. And it's like, I just don't. You know, politics is important to talk about. We need to discuss these things. But it's like, I'm just so fucking tired of this Trump era reign right now. Same. And it's funny, too, because I'm doing a Florida news story joke. And that Florida meme thing came out where you put in your birthday, Florida man. And also I'm doing a news joke about the how news goes from, you know, the really crazy thing to like the banal, boring yeah. thing. I was a, saw a story that I actually still have this one up just because this was actually kind of cool. Uh, not the gymnast breaking her leg. So it's like, we're not going to do the segment, but eh, we'll do a Well, little. I just want to <laughs> no, do it for this just because they found a 17-foot python in Florida in the Everglades. And it's just like, there's just, like, what doesn't exist in Florida? Like, everything, it's like Florida is like America's own Australia in a way. Right, yeah, I could see, I could see that. But yeah, that was... That was interesting. That's the only current event we're going to go into because uh, everything else is sad. Everybody else is either dying or, you know, treason to the country. And Well, that's the era that we're in, too. Yeah. I mean, it's always been I've been trying to, like, look back. You know, I think everybody in this era is, is wondering, has it always been like this? When did it change? When did it become like this? I think it's always been like this. It's just now we know everything. Now we're connected to everybody. Like, my Mm -hmm. thing with social media is, like, it's the best but worst thing to happen to us because it brings everybody together, but it also brings a lot of the wrong people together. 
and it gives everyone a platform and a voice and everybody thinks because my I can put my opinion out here it's important and it's like no no one gives a fuck like kind of like a kind of like a jail yeah like you go in jail and you meet other criminals and then you have new criminal friends yeah I was watching the uh, podcast Your Mom's House with Tom Segura and he had a comedian on there who actually went to prison and he was talking about his time in prison and he's like you know I was like in a gang before I went to it and he's like and I saw guys that I knew and they were like you're just gonna come chill with us like you're not gonna mm. go do it with anybody else and he was like all right that's the, what I'm gonna do that's the rule you know wow and it's just I don't know we live in a weird time Evan well you know like in, you know say the era of television when it's like Mr. Rogers and all that stuff like that yeah you know I, I think they probably experienced like ratings dips but they never considered like oh we should do something insane to get yeah. this up but the era that we're in and now is just like the headline has to get people to click it you know oh, yeah. if, if the numbers come down if the money comes down even a little bit it's like we gotta we gotta do something here yeah. and there's all these firms that are just their sole job is to like come up with crazy stuff for people to do to get yeah. more and it's like it seems almost like the crazier and the worse it is the better it is like i just read a thing today with on on twitter of uh the burger king in uh, new zealand released an ad I can't remember if it's, I want to say it's like a Vietnamese style sandwich, but they, in the commercial, they had like people trying to eat it with big chopsticks Mm -hmm. and everyone's like, oh, that's racist. And it's (laughs) like, I mean, maybe, but I'm also (laughs) like, but chopsticks are just hard to use in general. Like I'm Japanese. I've been using chopsticks my whole life and I still can't fucking do it. Like I still struggle. (laughs) I have to do the whole like piece of paper with a rubber band bullshit just to cheat myself. Mm. You know, I can't pick up shit with chopsticks to save my life. It's a funny commercial. Yeah, I, li- I like to be able to use a fork. Yeah. Forks are way better. I will say I can eat rice with chopsticks pretty well. That's something a lot of people aren't. Uh, oh, no. I, I, I try to use a spoon. Yeah. Are you a fried rice or steamed rice guy? Steam. Steam rice? I, I typically, I'll I'll eat unhealthy stuff, but I try to go for the healthier option if it's available. Yeah. I'm one of those people. I'm trying to do that as well. I'm trying to, like, expand my palate uh, well, the older I get, the more I think about it, too. Yeah. Is it just just I mean, you, you see people and this is, you know, I want to say this in the best way possible. It's just, you know, you see them struggling and it kind of reminds you or kind of wakes you up to like, I don't I don't want to do that. And I don't look at them like, ah, oh, fuck that guy. He's yeah. having trouble walking. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're just like, oh, I don't want that to be me. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. Yeah. And I think, you know. When you're younger, you're just like, well, I might not even be here. But then when you're still here, you're like, oh, I'm here. Yeah. And it's like, well, I got to do something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, man, I was like, I'm, t- you know, I'm 25 years old. And I was like, I know I haven't really taken the best care of myself. And I was like, maybe I should do a little bit of something to, you know, counteract that. So, you know, I've just, uh, you know, tried to, you know, get into vegetables and uh, it's not working very well. I can't. I can't get in. I can't get on board. It's all about <laughs> like whatever sauce you have, right? Like people are so. I've been seeing a lot of like anti ranch people, and I was like, dude, if I could just dip all vegetables in ranch, <laughs> I was like, it would be so much better. <laughs> I like like a like a honey mustard kind of sauce. I like honey mustard. I can get a lot of stuff down with honey mustard. Yeah. Do you have a place with uh, your favorite honey mustard? I know, like one of mine is like McDonald's honey mustards. Like, oh yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Those are that's a classic, man. Like, um, I don't think did they have the honey honey mustard back in the day? I don't know. I can't. I was trying to remember. It was like 
the chicken nuggets back in the day was like the red one was barbecue sauce. Yeah. The green one I think was sweet and sour. And then I think they had a a yellow mustard one, but I don't know if it was honey mustard. It seems like the sauce game has really exploded as time has gone on. Oh yeah, there's yeah. places that are just like known for their sauce. They're like they don't even talk about their food. They're like, come here and try our sauces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember I went to a restaurant one time and I was like, everybody was like, how was it? I was like, oh, it was good. But there was this sauce. I was like, this so- it was like a mustard sauce or something. And I was like, that was the best part. They were like, how was the food? I was like, I don't know. I drenched it all in this mustard <laughs> sauce. I was like, I couldn't tell you what the food tasted like. I was like, it was just all this good. I think it was uh, one of those like hibachi places where they cook on the table in front of you. Oh, yeah. Those are fun. Yeah. I think they have. The one next to Looney Bin, I th- Oh, yeah, Shogun? Shogun, yeah. I've never, I don't think I've been to Shogun. I like Osaka House. That oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. It's similar. Yeah, they're, you know, you've been to one hibachi restaurant, you've kind of been to them all. Like, they all do the same shit. Like, we've all seen the Onion Volcano. It's like, we gotta, <laughs> you know, we gotta step up this hibachi game a little bit. We got, we need a hibachi pioneer to kind of come in and be like, all right, we're gonna change some shit up here, you know? I'm, I'm gonna tell you a place by here that you probably already know about, but India Palace... Do you know about that? Did not know about that. It's at like uh, uh, 68th and Lewis. Yeah. Really good Indian food. I have, uh, I don't know if I've ever had Indian food either. I need to, like I said, I need to expand my palate. Wow. I'm, this is, yeah. That might be the biggest revelation <laughs> of the show. Right. I don't eat uh, many things that aren't, you know, fast food or disgusting. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And. By revelation, I mean like every show you've ever done that might have been the biggest. Like you do not eat. You've never had Indian food. Yeah, I remember one time, because curry is Indian, right? Isn't Who? Curry? curry? Oh, I thought I, for a second I thought you said curry. I was no. like, I don't know her. Curry, <laughs> curry. I barely know her. No curry. <laughs> I remember my mom one time made curry when I was real young, and I was just like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. But I was also, you know, I was young. I was like, you know, I just never gone back to it. So that reminds me of. Do you watch basketball? Sometimes we were talking about, do you know who Steph Curry is? Yeah. So his dad was like uh, an NBA player, not the most mm-hmm. famous one, but he's in the NBA. And we were just talking about people having like, you know, all the opportunities from the time they're a kid to get to the same, you know, it would help to have like a comic dad or a famous, you know, yeah. like you're, you're someone's, you yeah. know, nephew or someone that's done something. Because you just kind of have advantages, but it doesn't mean that you're going to put all the work in. Yeah. To be. Yeah, that. That's I, get, all. I get what you're saying. Uh, it's like you know, uh, trying to think of like like that happens in acting a lot, like with movie stars. Like, uh, isn't Gwyneth Paltrow's mom? Is it Gwyneth Paltrow? Her mom is like was like a famous actress, still is a famous actress, and that's like kind of what brought her into it. Same with like Johnny Depp's daughter. Like she, you know, does like modeling and movies, and it's like she probably had a foot in the door. Because of her dad, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. I mean that, yeah, I mean that makes sense. It just doesn't. It doesn't mean though that you're necessarily gonna do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, just because you had all the opportunities. Yeah. But you kind of have a leg up from the other kids that started it, and they have nothing, no money, no opportunities. Yeah. To yeah. go to the top. Yeah. That's what makes it hard, but fun at the same time. So yeah. let's get into it. Talking points. We do some talking points. Let's go right into it. Comedy. You're a comic, just like me. You're a legend of the pulsa <laughs> scene. Uh, what got you into it? Um, so I didn't want to do stand up. Yeah. Um, I met Sheila Nafi's sister, and you know this, but there's probably people that are listening that don't know. But she was like 
the ambassador of the scene or like the central one of the most central figures I think of the yeah. scene at that time just because she had so much crossover there wasn't like a show that she didn't do she was on the Gerald Harris show she was on the bizarre show she was on yeah. comedy parlor she was on Looney Bin she was on everything everyone knew her um and then so I met her sister out out on the town at Sound Pony mm-hmm. and she was telling me that she wanted to try stand up because her her sister did it and I I had, didn't know anyone that did stand up in Tulsa and I never thought about it I didn't know there was yeah. a scene here and um she invited me to come to the the Looney Bin with her to watch one of her sister's shows and I think Andrew Deacon was on it there was just yeah. a, a bunch of people and that was like my first time ever seeing local stand up was yeah. being at the Looney Bin and seeing Sheila and then I met Roy that night who is the manager of the bin yeah for people that don't know and he came up to her in the lobby he knew that that was her sister mm. and he was like hey when are you gonna take my class when are you gonna do stand-up and she's like oh I can't right now I got all this stuff going on um I'm not gonna be able to take your class this time coming up and he looked kind of bummed out he was like uh okay yeah. you know walked away um, you could probably picture that. Yeah, you know, knowing I, I, Roy, I know exactly what. Face and then he's I, making. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see it. And, and I was like, "Hey, Jamie, I thought you were gonna, I thought you wanted to do this." Like you told me, and she was like, "Uh, and I think there's something too about it. It's, it's easier to say you want to do it when you're the further removed you are from it. But like yeah. being at the show and seeing it, and like, you know, especially if you see some difficult sets, it's like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to go up there. And that yeah. was kind of the the feel that night she was just like i'm i'm not gonna do it you know she went from telling me she was gonna do it to i'm not gonna do it and i was like well i'll what if i did it with you and i didn't take i didn't even think about it for one second before it came out of my mouth and she was like oh like really and then that ended up happening i ended up taking the comedy class with her yeah kind of to get her in the door and just for me to like say yes to everything to try to improve my personal life and um yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna end the story right there just because I've already said 500 words in a row. But that's oh, that was my can, initial. Yeah, you can keep going. I mean, it that, that was my initial. Well, and then okay, so um, I was the worst one in the class because uh-huh. I was the only one that re- like out of everyone I wanted to be there the least. Yeah, like I didn't <laughs> even have like a pad of jokes. It's like, so funny how this has changed now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I mean it's crazy to think the people in there are largely totally out of comedy or never did anything with it. And I yeah. like four years later, like all the stuff I've done, it would take me forever to think of yeah, or to write down. Um, and just what all it did for my life, even, even unrelated to comedy who I've met, like my life situation now compared to back then, like it yeah. did everything for me. That's why I was talking to someone last night about, you know, he was saying that he'd been really close to quitting you know, and I was like, I've never really been that close because even when it did kind of get hard, I could always look and go, well, I've I got all it's done all this so yeah. far. Like a lot of other life stuff didn't work out. Why yeah. would I quit this? Yeah, I want to quit comedy every day. But at the same <laughs> time, I'm like, this is the only thing that brings me joy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to talk if I could talk about you for a sec. I can get back to the story, yeah, too. But so you did it maybe for like, what, six months before me? Or maybe yeah, or less yeah, we or were, more. We, yeah, we're around the around the same era. So my my first set was March of 2015. Mine was the first time I got on. The first set I did was in April of 2014. 
Okay, so you were so you were like a year. Yeah. Okay, I I, I was just kind of yeah I know guessing yeah, from we're, like because I remember people were still kind of like selling me that you were new, but maybe yeah. there weren't as many new people back then that like compared to all these vets. Yeah, I mean compared you were to now, new. there's yeah. Now there's like this big influx all the time where if you've been doing it for six months, you're not even new anymore. Yeah, like I remember when I first started, there was only like eight real prominent comics in Tulsa doing everything. And That's now, crazy. Now it's just exploded. You know? Yeah, it 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 really has. And I'm happy to have in been a, a part way. of like that. It's, yeah, I'm very happy to be a part of the scene. It's a good scene. Uh, but yeah, I remember like thinking like when I first started, it was just like Deacon, Ryan, Billy, you know, Fritchie, CR, like all those guys. And uh, <clears throat> now it's just like. It's so, it is so much better. Yeah. You know, I, I've said this, but I just want to put it on record since I'm on the show. But like, you know, the, these kind of scenes where it's like there's eight people or nine people and then someone moves and the scene falls apart and they've only yeah. got one venue. And, you know, it, that's that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we've. You know, we're pretty fortunate here to have, you know, some good venues and stuff going on all the time. You know, we have three open mics a week for the most part, or at least three, you know, big, like, comedy-specific open mics a week. Yeah, it's it's awesome, and it's only getting better. Yeah. And then, so being in that class, it was, like, Scotty Chapman. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, Ty Bradshaw, Frank Elkins. Um, and guys had, like, stacks of jokes, and some of them had already taken the class before. Yeah. Like, two of those three people had already taken it. And then so he was going around and giving people turns to, to go up on stage and like, you know, just, all right, go up there and show us what you got. Yeah. And there was people that were like walking around confidently and, you know, to me, I was like, holy shit, like actually like doing jokes. I was like, I was so far from that step. Yeah. You know, that I was just like, Jesus. And it wasn't like, to me, it was kind of disheartening and, and it made it scarier yeah you know because if everybody's on the exact same like no one's ever been up there before but if you're kind of mixed in with people that are like oh yeah i did this class and we did the set last year and it was yeah. sold out we're already at this level um i feel like you shouldn't be able to take the class a second time if it's <laughs> like come on give up come on roy yeah uh, uh you know have a little but yeah no i get what you mean uh so just being i feeling like i was so much worse than them and going up on you know, he would let me go up there with my phone and just yeah. read it off my phone in monotone. And in in I just think I was also bad because I didn't want to do it and I wasn't putting in yeah. the effort. Like so many people I talk to, this is another good callback to a talk I had last night um, with Terrell Norton. Hey, shout out know. to Terrell. Shout He's out been on to the Terrell. Show oh yeah, yeah, okay. He has. Pro I think he has the longest episode. Yes. It was about a like three terrible. and a half hour episode. Wow. Yeah. So shout out to Terrell out and to his Terrell. dog. And his sandwich. I, thought I, his I, I know it's sausage. It's, yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. Sandwich. There's a story behind that too. So we were at the bar and he was like, should I name my dog sandwich or sausage? And I was like, sandwich. Because then you could be like Sandy. It's like, yeah. it's cute. And sandwich is such an, a unique name. And then I saw a post that was like, meet my dog sausage. And I was like, well, he fucking asked me. And I gave my opinion and he <laughs> acted like it matters. for shit again ever. <laughs> yeah, it's bullshit. That's funny. Uh, but uh, Terrell. Oh, we were talking about how I always hear from people about comedy. It's like the biggest thing keeping people from comedy is that they're scared of that bomb. That for, that one bomb. The oh, big scary one. Yeah, the the yeah. bomb that they could have. Yeah. Like keep so many people from doing comedy that want to do it or yeah. would have done it. That was the thing that I knew going into stand up. Cause like I always like, I did theater and stuff. So like getting on stage wasn't always like hard, 
like I still get nervous, but it's like I had like I know that once I'm up there I'll be okay. But uh, yeah, no, and like I remember like when I really start because like I. I had, like, the first set I ever did actually went, like, pretty well. Like, I can say that it was decent. Like, I had a call back at the end. Like, it worked. Uh, but, you know, I knew, like, listening to interviews with other comics, it's like, you know, you're gonna bomb. Even, like, good comics, like, the best touring huge comics today still have shows that go horribly wrong, you know? And it's like, bombing is just a part of the game, you know? You just gotta deal with it. Also and, to your standards too. Yeah. It's like it might maybe you didn't think it was a bomb, but maybe to them it was compared yeah. to what they're used to getting. And it also helps you kind of um, adapt and like change up your uh, material and you know make it stronger, make it tighter. Like I remember uh, uh, two weeks ago, I was talking to uh, Ben Moore, who was a feature with DJ Sandu. And oh, I know Ben. Yeah, the, he's great. Yeah, great guy. Gave me some good advice. I ran like a bit idea by him, and he was like, "That's hacky as fuck." He's like, why don't you try this instead? And then I was like, oh, you're right. And then I went back and rewrote this whole bit. And now it's like a little bit stronger than what it was. And so, uh, and it was like what John Wynn was saying uh, when he was talking to us about the map thing, the material audience, or what was it? Material, material audience performance, I think. I, yeah. Yeah. And he was like, you know, focus on one of those aspects. You know, he's like, go up. You know, he said like, you know, you don't have to be funny the entire time you're on stage. He's like, you know, set it up, be comfortable, be genuine. Yeah, it can be it can be great. I mean, if you think about a a bomb, sometimes is this sort of like trying to get dressed in the morning, your pants don't really fit anymore. Yeah. It's like I I gotta start working out. Yeah. You know, it's like a, it's a wake up call. I remember we at RSU when I first started doing comedy, I was probably like two months in, possibly, somewhere around there. And we had Pete Lee, who's like a big time touring comedian, come to do a show. And they were like, hey, Zach does comedy. Could he open for you? And he was like, yeah, sure. How much time? And I was like, I can do five. And I did five of the worst minutes. <laughs> like I bombed in front of all of my friends and like all of my peers. And I was just like, well, this is humbling, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's humbling in a good way, too. I really yeah. do think it kind of the people that are going through life that are never bombing that are just like the boss of everything you know they're like they have someone that has to listen to their bullshit at home and then yeah. they go yell at people at their job it's like dude they need a bomb yeah and it's like you know and you can bomb for many reasons you know it doesn't necessarily mean your material's bad you know the crowd cannot be into it uh you know there could be distractions you know it's like you know sometimes bombing isn't always on you but you should definitely reflect on it to be like, oh, was it me? You know? Kind of. Yeah, I think, and I think you were the one person that I've, I've talked about this with. But it's kind of, yeah, I'm pretty sure we talked about this, but I haven't talked about it with anybody else. Just how much, how important I feel like self awareness is one of like the most, the biggest yeah. things in all of comedy. It's like if you're up there and your normal set kills everywhere, but you look and the crowd is like eight 90 year old ladies yeah. and you've been doing the set that they're not going to know anything you're talking about. You know, if you do your normal set for them, there's a lack of self-awareness there. Yeah, You got to kind of adjust. Yeah. Adjust it to the crowd. So I think if you, you know, if you're always aware of whatever your crowd is and you're able to make adjustments, the comics that are always able to do that or are prepared to do that are going to be kind of the best yeah. comics. You see them and they're, they're never bombing anywhere. Yeah. I mean, and I don't mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. More often than not, their set works. No matter, you can walk them into a, 
a restaurant where no one wants to be at the comedy show and they still won't really bomb because they know how to adapt to that situation right yeah. away. They're like, oh, I know what room this is. Yeah, like any time I've ever done a show with like three or four people, I'm like, oh, okay, well then this is going to be easy because then it's like I can just talk to you guys and not really have to do material. Or one thing I like to do, because I have a lot of like obscure material stuff that not a lot of people can relate to, but I still like to do that stuff and try to make it relatable. You know, like I remember one night at the first shop, we had all these like, uh, they were someone like called them Trump supporters. I doubt they were Trump supporters, but I remember I got up there and I was like, "All right, Trump supporters, I'm going to do some jokes specifically for you guys. So let's talk about superheroes and <laughs> you know stuff like that." And it's like it's fun to kind of be like, "Oh, I'm going to relate to you, but I'm not." You know, like that's kind of something that I like to do, uh, because I like the idea of no one knowing what I'm talking about sometimes. Because to me, that's funny. Like mm-hmm. one thing I've started doing here lately with mine is like if I'm going to find if I find it funny. I was like, I'm just going to do it, and someone will find it funny. I was like, if nobody finds it funny, fine, but eventually someone will, you know? Yeah, I've noticed, like, in my in my notes that I'll, you know, put in my phone and stuff that I'll try, like, if something happens that day and I try it that night, yeah. if it's not a really, like, maybe it's not a great joke, but I can usually get it over when it's that fresh in my mind yeah. where I'm like, I know exactly why I laughed earlier, and the further I get away from that, I'll even remember it doing well, but I'll look at the notes and I'll be like, I kind of remember why that was funny. Like, I know the words to the joke, but I don't really remember the exact essence of how it made me feel. Yeah. And at that point, it's harder for me to sell it to the crowd and the value of that joke comes way down. If it was like a $6 joke, it's like a $4 joke a month later. Yeah, I get that. I do the same thing. I have a couple. Yeah, I totally get what you mean. Uh But, I mean, that's the thing, you know, you just got to keep working on it and keep doing it until eventually it's just like an unstoppable bit. That's something I've been trying to do more lately because I have the issue of just basically writing a new five-minute set every week. Because it's like I'm just, in my head, everything moves too fast to where it's like, you know, there's no reason to do it. But then, you know, working at the bin and like, you know, hanging out with more seasoned comics, I've realized it's like, oh, no, I have to work this shit to death. You know, and so that's what I've been trying to do and like sprinkling in like new ideas here and there. Cause like in that room, in that closet right behind you, like I have eight full legal pads of jokes from like my entire span of writing. And it's like, I've maybe only ever done 30% of the jokes that I've written. And so it's like, what I want to do is go back and find ones that I think are like, could be gems because like my first set of jokes no <laughs> like i was just trying to be anthony jesselnick and it was not mm. working at all like, i don't I was, remember that era of your comedy uh, it was very early it mm. was just i was just trying to be as edgy as possible not like so much so that it was like like offensive or like i tried to piss people off but i was like oh i know this is going to get an ooh and I was like, that's what I was going for. And then eventually, like, I started to learn and develop and listen to how, like, writing can change. And now I think I have a better grasp on writing. And, like, I have, you know, I'm good at, like, catching, like, where jokes are going to go or, like, how to set up jokes. And I don't know. It's a learning experience. You grow. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. It's fun. I find it easier to write things out than use my phone. Like, I type ideas into my phone, but then I'll go and I'll write it out and be like, okay, try this. Because for whatever, you know, like, this, it's like a thing we would do in high school to memorize our lines for plays. Our teacher would make us write out our lines. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, you would eventually get to the point where you were like, you could write the line and then, like, the cue line. 
and it, that that helps me remember a lot of shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I won't write it out word for word and memorize it. Yeah, I don't try. To, I that's how I used to do it, and I would fuck it up. So what I try to do now is like, uh, I'll write the ideas, and then I'll go, okay, hit these points, and then it's like just kind of flow between it, but try to get to these points. Kind of yeah. like um, it's a little like improv. Yeah, some of the compliments I get are some people think I'm just like talking up there or they're just like, oh, I like how you can just go up there and it kind of looks like you're just um, like like you're just like you're talking like it's easy. Yeah. Um, And I think what, what helps me is that I'll write like I know the words of the punchline. I might know another line, but some of the other words I just kind of know, like all the bridges and connecting words can change yeah and it's just i know basically like you know like that wrestling joke i do like i the punch the punchline is always going to be the same none of the other you know in the one phrase where you have to say the phrase before the punchline yeah but all the other stuff i mean it doesn't matter how i set up that i'm at a show or the guys next to me like that does none of those words have to be the same ever you know yeah, that's uh And it's helpful that they don't because it makes it more conversational yeah. when I have to describe it each time because I don't have a memorized version yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, you did uh you killed it at the bin uh this past weekend. Man, you I... were late that one day, but you other than that, <laughs> other than that you crushed it. <laughs> so my favorite set was the I don't know if you saw it, but it was the Saturday late set. That that might have been one of the ones you didn't see. Oh yeah, I had to. Charlotte's car broke down, and I had to go pick her up. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, it happens, you know. But that was that was my favorite one because I felt like all the other ones, and they were probably more happy with me than they've been on previous times I hosted. Yeah, because I kind of stretched outside of like what I like to do into yeah. like infusing more energy. And, um, you do throw a lot of energy behind that set. I will say, I was like, I've never seen you so like energetic. You know, I I felt it to me, like this is a, a bad, it puts it in a negative light, but kind of like pandering a little bit more or making it a little bit more like what what I think they're going to respond to. But I, but I kind of, I kind of hate that. Yeah. I feel like in a club environment, you can kind of do a little bit of pandering. I mean, not like don't do the whole show as pandering, but like a little bit of, you know, here and there is fine, I feel like. Because I'm just like, I'm hamming it up a little more than I want to, and I'm doing jokes that I think they're going to like, yeah. you know, especially doing older ones where I'm like, man, I just, I did, did this new stuff, but they're going to like these old ones. I'll just no. do the old ones. I was quoting your hamburger helper joke. Yeah, and it's you. like, it always does well. And it's yeah, I like, mean, it's a brilliant it's very good i love that joke but i don't even think i did it the way i like to do it in the in the with the it wasn't as it wasn't as paused you know it wasn't as slow or as awkward like i can make that joke weirder than the way i was delivering it but i was just kind of like you know it's almost like hiring a band for a show and them doing the songs they think the crowd will like and they change them a little to make it a little more like i think they they want to dance. So we'll play them a little bit more like this. And then they yeah. get off stage and they're like, oh, I hate myself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, it wasn't that bad. But I mean, I, the Saturday show though, I was like, all right, this is the last show. I've been here for four hours and this is my first sex. I lost my first sex. I was late. Yeah. And I was like, I'm doing this exactly the way I want to. And it did great in a lot of ways. I think it went better than the other sets. And I was like, well, fuck. But I mean, yeah. sometimes 
those sets are doing really well, but they look at it and they're like, that's too low energy. Don't do that. Even if it's getting laughs, they're like, that's just too, yeah. you know. Well, especially because the feature and the headliner were both very high energy people yeah. as well. Uh, especially Mr. Showtime. Man, that guy. He was, whew. Yeah. I liked him, but man, he just, he's just going. He was just nonstop. Uh, and I like John. Like, I I straight told John Wynn. I was, shout out to John Wynn. I don't know if he's <laughs> listening, but I straight told him. I was like, dude, you're probably the, my favorite comic that I've seen come through here. I was really? Just like, yeah, That's I just cool. loved the way he, like, delivered the jokes. I liked the way his, like, pacing worked. It was just really, it was just some. it was very pleasing to me. And I just, it just made me laugh. And so I was like, honestly, I was like, and I've seen, you know, I've only worked there for like a month now, maybe. And, uh, but I was like, you know, I've met a lot of great people and I've liked everybody I've met, but it's like, he just like, there was something about him that I was just like, this guy's funny. Like I was like, he just clicks, I guess. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, dude, I think you could totally headline here. Oh yeah. And, um, he was like, oh, I don't think I have the material or I I don't have the amount of material. And that really shocked me because I was like with the jokes that you have, like doing 30 minutes, like what you, you don't have just like 50 minutes, some stuff you could stick in the, the yeah. middle of that or oh, stretch like just, some stuff yeah, out or walk around. Stuff. Like yeah. I was like, there's no way you don't have a headlining set. And he was like, well, yeah, I mean, I do have, you know, I could do an hour, yeah. but he's like, I don't like all the stuff as much as I like the stuff I'm doing. Like it's the reaction isn't as yeah. loud. And he's like, I want to be able to have an entire, headlining set where it's like fireworks are going off the whole time yeah yeah yeah. and um i was just really kind of surprised to hear that because i mean i've seen a lot of sets there from headliners where stuff is stretched out or there's low points and everyone but it's it's fine i mean i don't think anyone really minds that like if a joke is like a six instead of an eight or whatever it's like it's still as long as you have like a huge closer and you have like a really good joke to walk up with and then you even if if you have some other good stuff in the middle, that's that's yeah. great, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, I, I I liked his stuff. I you know, I don't know. I have enough material to probably pull off an hour. If if I did every joke that I had in those <laughs> things, I could probably pull off twenty four. But an hour of solid material, I might have an hour. I don't know if I don't know. I feel like an hour is long for comedy, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like I will sit through an hour of comedy, you know. If yeah, if it's if it's someone that you really like listening to, yeah. Um, and that that's one of the things I was thinking about with the Landry show that I was talking about with him. It was like, is comics we all want this like audible laugh all the time? Mm-hmm. Like that's like how we judge a set. Like if it had huge laughs throughout, it yeah. was this good. And if it only had half of that, it was this good. But you know, sometimes people just really like to listen to someone and they're not going to audibly be reacting to all of it, but they're yeah. actually feeling like they're taking something in. Yeah, I do know? that. Like, I have a very, like, noticeable laugh, uh, so I've been told. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's very loud when I get going, but it's like, even if you don't hear it, it's like, I'm still laughing. It's like, it may not be super hard, but it's like, you know, there are people that I laugh at that, you know, it's like it doesn't mean I don't find it funny just because I'm not cackling with my stupid witch laugh that I have, uh, you know. But it's like I giggle. I like to giggle. I'm a giggler. Yeah, and, and just just you know just liking to hear someone's voice. I mean, sometimes I just like to listen to George Carlin's rhythm. Yeah, you know, like his up and down, like 
Um, and a lot of times it's like a rant and I like agree with all of it Yeah, and it, I'm not <laughs> laughing throughout it, but it's like, I'm not going to turn it off. Yeah. Like I want to hear this rant. Yeah. It's like, you, you're, you're seeing where he's coming from. You know, that's why I was, you know, like, uh, Bill Hicks is one of my like favorite comics. Uh, and it's like a lot of his stuff, like, isn't super funny. It's more like, I would say maybe philosophical in a way. And it's like, he has stuff that is funny, but it's like, I really just like to kind of listen to how he would look at life and how he just kind of had this view of it. And that's what I kind of like is, you know, that's why I like Bo Burnham so much. Like, he's just very good at kind of being like, being like, oh, I'm entertaining you, but this is also how I feel about it. And I, and I really like that kind of stuff. Yeah. If well. you, and if you look at a lot of the, there's a lot of big popular comedy sets where they actually have you know maybe only you know 70 percent of the laughs that a club set might have yeah but it's like they're not going to take out all those interesting lead-ups to put in a bunch of corny funny words that'll get laughs yeah you know so a lot of times there can be a set that has less laughs that's actually worth more in value mm -hmm. than just being able to squeeze in as many cornball expressions yeah, and, and sayings yeah that's something possible. john was saying where he was like you don't have to be funny the entire time you're on stage he's like you know set it up you know and then you know like i have a joke that's it's about when i got into breaking bad and i got charlotte into breaking bad and it's like the the story really isn't funny until you get to the very end it's just kind of like this is happening this is happening this is happening and then it's the boom the punch kind of thing like it's not you know, it's not a funny joke throughout the whole thing. It's probably like the longest joke that I have, really. Yeah, and as long as you're not boring them, as long as they're like, man, I'm glad I saw that. Yeah. Like, you can go to a movie and feel kind of bored for, you know, two hours. Yeah. But they pay it off so well at the end that you're like, holy shit, dude, I'm, you know, I'm the, glad I went to that. The first film that came to mind was uh, Rogue One, because uh, uh, Star, Star Wars, Wars, yeah, because I fell asleep in the first, like, 20 minutes of that movie. And then the last like the act three of that film is hands down the like best of star Wars ever. <laughs> like I was, cause they, whenever rogue one was announced, I was like, you have to do two things with this movie. You have to kill everybody and you have to let <laughs> Vader have a moment. And in those last 30 fucking minutes, they did exactly that. And I was like, spoiler alert for anybody, but I was, if you haven't seen it yet, fuck <laughs> off, like get out from under that rock. Uh, but I was like, they did it. They fulfilled it. And I'm satisfied. I was like, cause that's what I wanted. Like, I could give a fuck about episode seven, eight, and nine. Like, I, I could care less. But that 30 minutes was like, that encapsulated just so much for me. And I was just like, awesome. Yeah, and that's what we, you know, as comics, we just kind of get give people what they want, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, they might have an idea about who you are. And I, know, I mean, crowds love that. If they, if when you're walking up to the stage, they're like, I bet this guy's going to be like that. And you pay it off in a good way. Like, yeah. you are what they thought you were i mean they they love that yeah yeah so we're gonna move on to the three questions game All right we're keeping the three questions game i love the three questions game so i got three questions for you pretty easy questions uh the first one is what is your favorite lunch meat uh bologna bologna all right <laughs> all right i feel you i like bologna too i'm a big bologna guy uh this is the second question since you are you know the Prince of Tulsa. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite thing about Tulsa? I I love how connected people are and that people are aware of that and respected and kind of a, 
a cool way where we we were on vacation in Dallas and we went to kind of a hip restaurant that would yeah. like totally be like in the downtown here or something like that. I mean, yeah. it was a total like hipster cool place. And like, when was the last time you were in like a cool Tulsa downtown restaurant and you saw someone like having a fit or something like that? Yeah. You really, you can't do stuff like that here because everyone knows everyone. Like yeah. if you looked up that manager on, you know, Facebook, he probably has like eight mutual, mutual friends mutual with friends, you. Everybody yeah. that works there, at least for me, like the community that I'm talking about, the Tulsa that I'm talking about. Well, there's about. no one in Tulsa who doesn't know who you are, Evan. That's the thing. <laughs> well, you, you, you are Tulsa. <laughs> but I feel like other people, well, I hope other people have experienced this too. It's, it's really what I like about it is that. That is ju true. Just that you have to kind of protect your reputation and, and not everybody falls in line with that, but it's like you can't just bump somebody really hard on the street and then just be like, fuck you, man. It's like, dude, yeah. that guy probably somehow is connected to yeah, you. Yeah, that, that's... We're, it's not big enough where you can just shit on people. Yeah. I notice that on Facebook a lot when I'm like, you know, just kind of scrolling through shit. I'll see people that I like know that are friends with other people that I know. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know you guys knew each other. This is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, like, dude. This is cool. I, I work at the airport part time. And I meet people that are just flying in all the time or people yeah. that are from here. And there's there's always some kind of connection. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's 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 really it's really crazy. But it's not so small towny. I mean, it's not like we just have one street light and one yeah. gas station. I mean, it's not too small, but it's not too big either. Yeah, Tulsa, yeah. I I can agree with that. It's like um Yeah, it's it's very it's like it's like kind of it's I don't know how to explain. It. It's like a small city. <laughs> like yeah, everybody knows you. Probably, yeah, I get and, you and it's becoming more self aware. Like if another place has something really cool going on, there's people here that are like, we got to get this thing in Tulsa, and they're kind yeah. of figuring out who to go to to get it done here. So we're we're going with a lot of, you know, like there's you know Meow Wolf and uh, Santa Fe. We've mm -hmm. we started. We've got the experience here at the Aha Building where yeah. it's just kind of like a, you know a uh an interactive museum yeah there's a lot of like shit in tulsa that i feel like a lot of people don't know is here you know like with our museums like we have what the jazz hall of fame isn't that here mm -hmm. yeah the jazz hall of fame like we have all kinds of like really cool like historical shit and uh and it just sucks that tulsa's in oklahoma <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just everybody that thinks of oklahoma they're just like teepees right well, we got a lot we got a lot to work on still i mean yeah, as far as sure. like our politics and education oh yeah for sure if we could just fix the education, we would all be okay. So the last question. Uh, the architect who designed the Tulsa BOK Tower also designed what other famous buildings? Um, it within Tulsa? No, within the United States. Oh, I, um, not the World Trade Center. It is the World Trade it Center. Is? Yeah. Wow, okay. The same guy designed the two. That's why the BOK Center looks very similar. It's a pretty interesting fact. Oh, that's actually. cool. Uh, so that was the last question, oh, and you yeah. answered it. All right. Well. Most I try to make the last question difficult so that most people can't answer it. So you look like fools, but <laughs> you, Evan, are not a fool. You answered the question correctly. And with that, we're gonna go to our break, and we'll be right back. 
Hey kids, it's almost summertime, and you know what that means, lake season. Come down to Lake We Won't Kill You, the only lake for great summertime fun. You can go camping, swimming, fishing, boating, and even have fun on some of our exclusive attractions. It's like Ranger Sean's four-story water slide. It shoots you all the way across the river, and you get to experience 22 seconds of free fall. We have Leggy Larry's Insane Fire Boat Race, where you and four friends race boats that are on fire. Now, I know last year that many campers were allegedly murdered by a serial killer psychopath, but come on, we didn't know anything about that. No, who knows if it's true? So come down to Lake We Won't Kill You and enjoy some- Hey, hey, what the fuck? What the hell? No, you're not supposed to be in it. Oh my god, oh no! We are not responsible for death. Hop right back into it. What's up? Welcome back from the break. Hope you liked the commercial. Uh... At this point, like, I haven't made it yet, so I don't know what the commercial is going to be. So it could, you might not like it. <laughs> I don't know what the commercial is. It's made after. It's made in post. So we open the second half of the show with a joke of the week. Evan, if you ever want to send a joke of the weekend, you may. Okay. Uh, just send it to me in a message. I wrote this one today. Uh, a three-year-old disabled his dad's iPad for 25 million minutes. The father was quoted saying, I'm glad I didn't vaccinate the bastard. There we go. <laughs> That's the joke of the week. Dumb, silly. Most of them are, for the I most like part. It. But, uh, yeah, that's 25 million minutes. That was half a century. <laughs> like, I'm like, what do you... I mean, obviously, you can probably just take it to Apple, and they have a way to, like, fix it, but... <laughs> what an asshole child, you know? The kid had to have noticed. I mean, yeah, he's three, <laughs> but the the rate we learn... <laughs> so, what's the last show or movie you watched? Um... Uh, I'm going to that Avengers movie com- that's coming up. Oh yeah, I just bought tickets today. Did, yeah, we've got tickets for the Friday it comes out. Oh, you're going. To, ooh, good luck. I oh, think I'm going like you. the Monday after. I finally saw Black Panther. I feel bad that it took me so long to watch it. Black Panther's pretty good. It was, it was good. Yeah, I liked it. The Michael B. Jordan's really good in that movie. I yeah. liked his performance a lot. Uh, and Wakanda's just cool, man. Like I just. That'd just be cool, you know, to just live in that environment and, like, fuck around with vibranium. It'd be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. It'd be so much fun. Uh, did you see Captain Marvel? No. I, I haven't. I haven't, I didn't, I haven't it's pretty good. That. It's pretty good. I read this whole, like, thread the other day on uh, Facebook or whatever about, like, uh, you know, it's like kind of a breakdown of the movie. And, like, because, you know, when it was first announced or whenever it was, like, first coming out, a bunch of, like, trolls went online and were like, the women movie, superhero, blah, you know. Oh, really? God. Yeah, it was, like, this whole thing. And uh, it was good, you know. It was, it was I, I liked it a lot. I, you know, she's a cool, I, I mean, I've read her comics, so it's, like, I kind of know what she's about. But, yeah, I liked it a lot. It was a lot of fun. And it was cool because, you know, it's set in the 90s, so it's, like, there's all this, like, you know, there's like blockbuster and like all this shit that's like exists in it, and uh, and Samuel Jackson's really good in it. You know, they made him look twenty years younger, and it was it was just a fun it was a fun movie. Like it's definitely a cool little setup to you know what we're gonna get in Endgame, and so I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, I don't I don't even really see how one of those movies can really like miss like with yeah. all the money behind it, all all the minds that they yeah. have access to and that are involved and even the ones that aren't like genuinely like loved are still like all right you know they're still you know they still exist and are fine within that universe like thor the dark world is one everybody kind of shits on but it's like it's still okay it pushes the narrative along and that's the important part yeah and there's so many scenes that like are kind of in a lot of them if not all of them like where 
you know, they go somewhere and they're showing them like, all right, this will be like your suit and here's your yeah. weapon. And like audiences love those scenes. And yeah. it's like, you just got to kind of follow the thing and, you yeah. know, you can veer off, but there's a lot of go-to stuff that's going to be a hit. Like, how do yeah. you, how do you fuck it up? Like, I don't think anybody expected like Ant-Man to do as well as it did, but Ant-Man's fantastic. I loved Ant-Man. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, no, Endgame, man, I'm so ready for it. This is 10 years of my life, over 10 years <laughs> of my life leading to this moment, and I am just so excited. It's yeah, ridiculous. Same. I don't, because like, I thought I was super excited for like the first Avengers movie. Like I went and saw that film four times in theaters, you know? Oh, damn. And uh, I was like, it'll never get better than this. <laughs> and then, show enough, it's going to get way better. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm super excited. Have you seen Shazam yet? No. I want to go see Shazam. I know that's not Marvel, but I heard Shazam's all right. I heard it's actually quite delightful. So who who is in it? Uh, Zachary Levi, Chuck from that television show, Chuck from back in the day. Well, it's crazy, too, because people thought Shazam came out a long time ago, too, right? But it was Kazam. You know, that whole Kazam thing. Kazam was Shaq. Yeah. Well, yeah, but people are like, oh, remember that movie Shazam? Yeah. But, it, but it's like a mental thing where yeah, people yeah, yeah. think it happened already. Yeah. I mean... I don't know, my brother is more knowledgeable about the comic book universe, but I know, like, Shazam at one time was, like, Captain Marvel. It was, there's a whole thing about it. It's ridiculous. But I'm ex- I, I want to go check it out. I want to see it. It looks fun. I heard out of all the DC movies, it's, you know, very light and, you know, enjoyable, <laughs> unlike the rest. I, I also saw Us. Ooh, I, yeah. I want to see that. How was that? It was cool, man. It was, um... There's no nudity or sex scene in it, which is like kind of a, a horror movie, a horror like staple, like staple, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of a surprise. You were disappointed, weren't you? I was, a little <laughs> bit, yeah. I mean, you we, were like, "Come certain... on, Lupita Nyong'o." <laughs> there's some stuff you just like expect to see, but yeah. I think maybe they thought, you know, maybe some kids could see it, and it is kind of questionable. Like it's it's the kind of movie where you could kind of be on the fence, like maybe kids could see this because I yeah. mean, it, there's killing in it. And there's a little, there's some blood and gore, but it's not that much. Yeah. Like it's, and it's not that scary. Like there's a couple moments where it kind of gets scary. It's more of like a suspense thing, right? It's like a thriller kind of film. Yeah. It's like, I think it it goes in horror genre. Yeah. It goes in there, but it's like on the lighter end of the spectrum. I will say, I mean, Jordan Peele, man, he's killing it right now. He really is, dude. I mean, we're huge uh, Key and Peele fans, so that was really what got me in the door. And then I've heard The Twilight Zone is pretty good so far. Like, he works on that, too. So, yeah, I mean, I liked Get Out. I really liked Get Out. So, I definitely want to see Us. Hopefully, I can see it here soon. Yeah, there's there's stuff about it where I think, you know, could have been better, could have been different. But, like, overall, I can't imagine anybody being like, regretting that they saw it it's not one of those movies that's really gonna make you be like ah that that sucked yeah i haven't seen a better view yeah oh i also forgot this past weekend was wrestlemania did you get to watch wrestlemania at all i didn't but i can still talk wrestling i looked at the results um i'm a wrestling fan from the 80s yeah and i know i have like a wealth of wrestling knowledge i thought the bret hart attack was crazy that was nuts (laughs) that's and what was funny was just all the people that like it's like, why would you, like, that guy had, I actually read a thing where they, like, released his name and, like, explained why he did it, but it was like, you're literally jumping one of, you know, the most beloved wrestlers in the middle of a Hall of Fame speech. Like, I'm surprised they just didn't, like, rip that dude to pieces. Well, he's crazy on the level of, like, just, like, one of those people you see that, like, asks you for 
for change for drugs. Like yeah. that, that, you know, he's one of those people that's like, if I do, yeah, breaking he's in like, cars. he's one of those people that's like, if I do this, I'm a hero. You know, yeah. like it's what I, you know, like that's why John Wilkes Booth killed Lincoln. Cause he was like, I will be a hero of the South. And everyone was like, no. <laughs> and so like, that's what this guy's. Cause like I, I was reading the article about him and he would like send Vince McMahon like tweets and be like, you better help me out with this. You hook me up, you know? And it's like, he's just a crazy person. And, uh, but man, some of those wrestlers, dude, you, you know, if you watch the videos from everybody's different angle, they fucked that guy up, dude. Uh, Dash Wilder, like, as soon as he got him out of the ring, was just, like, whop, and just, like, dropped him. Oh, Yeah, it was. But, I mean, he deserves it. Like, if you're going to do it, you're going to get your ass handed to you. Like, you deserve that beating. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I thought it was crazy that he had such good tickets, like, access. Like, mm-hmm. what, what I was trying to compare him to is, like, um, you know, I can't remember what, even what I said now, but just, like, the kind of person that's just, like, breaking in cars that is just, like, completely fucked up in the head is yeah. just like a violent criminal um just he seems like one of those people but he's like got these high-end tickets at this event like yeah. that, that does that doesn't make sense to me yeah. like that's the part of it where i'm like i have to read more yeah to he's like i'm gonna happened. drop all this money so that i can go ruin this ceremony <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's it's weird it's like trying to it's you know it's like spending money to go to a concert and then being like I'm going to sit in the bar the whole time. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go watch the show. There's uh, people I met in Tulsa where it's like, I could see them doing that, but they would never be there. Yeah. Like, how did you get there? But uh, yeah, WrestleMania, I mean, I watched it, the replay yesterday, because I couldn't watch it Sunday, but I watched it, uh, the replay yesterday, and I came in right at the end of the Seth Rollins-Brock Lesnar match. Uh, but there was a couple like good matches. Like the Kofi Kingston match was really good. I liked that one. Um, I hated Kurt Angle's last match. It should have been Cena, but I will say they did bring back the Doctor of Thugonomics, which, oh, fuck, that killed me. I'm like, why are you... <laughs> I'm just like, okay, you're gonna let John Cena, who's been this, like, staple of, like, heroism and nice guy and, like, all this, and then you're just gonna bring him back to Doctor of Thugonomics. Oh, killed me. Loved it uh. so much. And then, um, who else? The Batista Triple H match was really good too. Even though I, I think uh, someone told me Batista was like drunk because he fell in, he fell going into the ring, like tripped on the rope. Uh, but that was a good match. And then I mean, the main event wasn't bad. The main event was uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey. Uh, you know, it's a historical match, first women's match to make the main event, uh, and it was fine. You know, I'm not saying they. I mean, they did a great job. They really did. They left it all out there. But I don't. I didn't like the way it ended. I think it, it was a very anticlimactic ending. Yeah, I read. I read the ending to that one that like the the shoulders weren't down and people couldn't really tell if, you know, it was if they'd intended that or not. You know, or if, uh, you know, is that what it looked like to you? That it, it looked like yeah, the shoulders kinda, were up. Well. I mean, her shoulders were down in the position that they were in, but I really don't think that's how the match was supposed to end. I think mm. Ronda might have, like, did something wrong or something or someone. Yeah, and that's that. it's hilarious because um, my, my all-time favorite wrestler, Raven, from mm. the old WCW, ECW days, I watched an interview with him once where he talked about that, how, you know, a lot of more inexperienced or younger wrestlers – you know, they're just going by the script. They mm-hmm. they have a script of everything that's supposed to happen. And when stuff 
fucks up or they forget something and they know they're in the wrong place or they're on the wrong sequence. Yeah. Like because they don't really know how to improvise, they don't know how to fix it. They're just, it's just fucked up at that point. And you know, and if a match ends like it did right there, they're not going to be, they're not going to know how to fix a problem of that magnitude. Like if they should have restarted it, there's nobody there that, is experienced enough to realize that all they have to do is go tell the ref something and then go, Hey, give me the bike. You know, I don't want it yeah. to end like that. Let's do a restart. And then boom, do it the right way. Yeah. Because they're, they're just going to sit there like a deer in headlights going, Oh fuck. Yeah. You know? And that's, that's kind of what it seemed. It seemed like a lot of the matches just kind of, uh, ended to like, no, you know, besides like the Kofi match and maybe the triple H Batista match, like none of the matches had like a big, like crowd, you know, whoa, uproar. Everybody was just kind of like, what the fuck? You're going to let Kurt Angle lose to this fucking guy. Like <laughs> I did hear that it was supposed to be Cena, which would have been so much better. Cause you could have done so much with that. Like, you know, whatever, bring back Dr. Thugonomics and make him a heel, but he should have been Kurt Angle's last match, not whoever the fuck, Baron, whatever. That guy was a fucking, like, you don't put a nobody against a legend, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And I'm I'm not sure that guy's a somebody because he's, you know, on the lineup. But still, it's like, I think Kurt Angle deserved better. Mm-hmm. Same with, like, The Undertaker. I don't think The Undertaker should have lost to Lesnar. He shouldn't have lost at all. They should have never broke The Undertaker's streak, but he shouldn't have... But if they were, it shouldn't have been to Lesnar. It should have been to someone else that was like, should have been Kane, honestly. I don't think Kane was around. But if anybody should have beaten it, it should have been Kane. But, you know, fuck the WWE. They don't listen. They're doing better now about listening to the fans now that AEW is coming around being like, yeah, we're going to fucking take everything from you guys. But it's still just kind of like, you're fucking up, you know? Like the Roman Reigns match. No one gives a fuck about Roman Reigns. Like, nobody in the WWE universe likes Roman Reigns. He's not a good wrestler. He's not good at, like, you know, he's just not fun to watch. He's not a likable guy. And it's like, so, yeah, like, who gives a fuck about his match? Like, it was all right, but it wasn't amazing. Yeah, historically, you know, Vince McMahon is known for being uh, someone that cares about the very top of the card and the rest of it just kind of like, Dude, I don't care what the storyline is for these two tag teams. Like, I'm focused on what the Hunter match is or what the Cena match is or what the... Going back, the Hogan match. What's the Hogan match or Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels? Um, And even, like, the Fatal 4-Way tag matches are dumb. I'm like, this just... it. You know, there's something about having too many people in the ring that takes away the whole, like, excitement of it. Unless you're doing, like... You know, like ladder match. I've always been a big ladder match TLC kind of fan, you know, table ladder chairs, that kind of shit. And it's like in those matches, yeah, you want a lot of people because that's carnage. But it's like no one wants to watch a fucking fatal four way tag match. That's boring. It's like, okay. And the same with like, the, they did the same thing with the women's match. S- still, boy, I will say Beth Phoenix came out though, and Beth Phoenix is so hot. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but that was my thing. I was just like, you know, like, I like that the main event was a triple threat match, but I feel like the triple threat match really isn't a good match to end on. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reason, like, you know, back in a couple years back, whenever, like, Shawn Michaels wrestled The Undertaker f- for that one WrestleMania, that was one of the most, like, greatest matches, in my opinion, uh, in WrestleMania history. And 
you know, it was just those two. And it was just so much, you know, my brother and I always make a joke where it's like during a regular, you know, before WrestleMania, anyone who gets Sweet Chin music or Tombstone Pile Drive, they're done. And then it's like a WrestleMania, you can take like eight to ten of them at a time. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's what makes it fun. But then they fucked up by being like, oh, we're going to do a rematch next year. And they did the same thing with Triple H. It's like, don't do that. Like, fucking, we've seen it. You've already made, it's like you can't top what you did last year. You know? They're just fucking up. And it's, it's, I don't even watch wrestling that much, like in the regular, like, season. But I could just still tell that I'm just like, you guys are fucking up so hard right now. Well, and part of it, you know, I, uh, I haven't been watching the current product that much, so I don't know how it is now. But there was a time back in the day when the audience was really trying to dictate everything that happens. They're like, we're going to make you push yeah. this guy and we're going to make you get rid of this guy. Yeah. And there was a point where, Vince McMahon was like, I'm not going to let this fucking audience tell me what my storyline is going to be or who my guy's going to be. He purposely pushed back like kind of the Roman Reigns thing. It's yeah. like you hate him. You think you can make me get rid of him. And we're and, not and saying I'm not going to fucking listen to you because yeah. I'm here and you're fucking there. Yeah, we're not saying get rid of Roman Reigns. He's fine. But don't make him the guy you push. There's so mm. many other people you could push that were better. It was like the fact that they pushed John Cena for so long, that John Cena kept winning the title, that John Cena was the golden boy. It's like we're fucking tired of John Cena. Push someone else. You know, there's so many good wrestlers that you could push. And it's like, no, we're just going to make – like Cody Rhodes, for example, was one of like the best young wrestlers when he like debuted and like did a great job. And then they were like, you know what? We're going to make you like – we're going to make you fucking Stardust. We're going to make you Gold Dust. 2.0 and it was fucking dumb like i do not blame him at, for leaving it all for that like the minute they decided to make cody rhodes a gimmick i was like fuck the wwe <laughs> dude i was like this that's so stupid well the only thing that matters too is to them i mean they're looking at you know show attendance and the yeah. numbers and ratings and you know if people are showing up in record numbers and just booing a guy that's not going to get rid of them yeah you know if the bok center has thousands of people in it for the show and they made money and the merch is selling like the guys aren't going anywhere yeah it's only the only way to get rid of it is to give it no reaction and not show up yeah but people are showing up to to boo and it's like thank you yeah and it's you like know. you know you could you know you can make the argument that you know it's you know ultimately like wrestling does come down to the fans like without them like no one cares you know and it's like you know, it's important to listen to the fans. You know, if the fans are like, oh, we'll do this, you know, you should at least maybe try. You know, like, there's a reason the Kofi match was so good because Kofi Kingston has been in this business for, well, longer than 11 years, but in the WWE for 11 years. Uh, and, you know, always being one of the most high-performance, like, high-octane, like, guys to watch and, like, just never giving, never getting a shot. And so it was like, that. that was cool. Because it's like you're finally kind of listening and paying attention to someone who deserves it. Mm -hmm. it, it just you've got to be getting a reaction. I mean, the reason I think Cena, one of the reasons Cena never went away was because he never just came out to like nothing. There was either like a whole bunch of people cheering for him or a whole bunch of people booing him, but there was always something. Yeah, like the death the the uh, what'll, what'll really end you is if you come out and there's. People just don't care. Yeah, like I loved when they started booing Cena, even as like when he was the you know, oh, it was so great because I was like, finally, we're starting to be like stop with because I love John Cena. Don't get me wrong, I think John Cena's great, but it got to a point where I was just like, I'm so tired of just fucking watching John Cena, you know? And it's like you gotta 
you know, you got to change it up. Yeah, I the era of when it was like if Cena wins, we riot. Yeah, and <laughs> it was hilarious. like because he won all the time, and it was like it's fine to like let him win. You know, I think they should have turned Cena heel way sooner, mm-hmm. especially after like you know the whole you know the Marines thing and like all of that. Like they should have turned him heel so much faster. And I think that like what they did with Hulk Hogan, bringing him to NWO and all that. Like they should have just turned him heel because now it's too late. Because now it's like we're past the point where we care about Cena. Cena's going to be gone soon anyway. He's an actor now. He's going to do what The Rock did. And it's like, and then he'll come back occasionally. But if they'd have turned him heel sooner, I think you could have changed the whole game. Yeah. And they, they, and I think, you know, there there are reasons behind the scenes why stuff doesn't happen. Yeah. That a lot of people don't see. I mean, there's way more of it revealed now than just the era when it was like they just had the wrestling observer newsletter yeah you know now with the internet they do know a lot more but there's still a lot of things that they they don't know and you know hindsight's always 2020 it's easier for us to be like yeah they should do that but then a lot of other things have to happen and um you know and i think the hogan was kind of like in like his real twilight years when they when they turned him and it gave mm-hmm. him a second life and i think that maybe they still were like well they were thinking, well, Cena's still in his prime right now. We could do this in his fucking twilight years and bring him back. Yeah. And make it interesting again. Yeah. And maybe they will. Maybe they'll keep this whole him staying as the Doctor of Thugonomics thing. But it's like, it's hard to take the Doctor of Thugonomics seriously when it's like we've seen how Cena's progressed over the, you know, times, over the years. Yeah. And they've, they've historically made a million mistakes. It's funny how... Even the mistakes they make now are probably nothing compared to the glory years mistakes oh, they yeah, made. You know, sure, there's just yeah. so many. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, it, people like I was watching when it was WrestleMania nine in Las Vegas with all the dumb mm-hmm. shit that happened throughout that card. Yeah. You know, like Hogan winning the belt again from Yokozuna at the end. And it's that whole thing. Like there was a super long match with. Tatanka and Shawn Michaels and they didn't give Tatanka the belt and it kind of ended his momentum really died there. I don't know that whole, that whole pay-per-view is really fucked up booking wise. I remember remember when, when my brother and I got the WWE network, we went through and watched all the WrestleManias up to like whatever. I think it was like, I can't remember which one it was, but uh, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. And they did that kind of, I don't know, they did that last night, like, Rey Mysterio is one of my favorites, like, Mm -hmm. and they brought, they brought him out to wrestle for, like, two minutes, and I was like, he did all his moves, 619, everything, and then he got choked out, and, like, I'm just kind of like, why do you, like, I understand that you gotta push this whole, like, sometimes you gotta let legends get beat, like, they did that with Randy Orton, where he would just go and, like, take out all the legends, and it's like, yeah, but there's, like, a build-up, and there's like excitement to it. It's like you basically were just like, hey, Ray. Well, sometimes, you know, and I mean, sometimes, you know, maybe he was about to go on a break and he was hurt. Or, well, you I know, know he was hurt. He had like a hurt ankle. But it's like, don't go then. Because yeah, at that point, that match just seems like a waste of time and no one enjoys it. It's like, just don't put him up. Let someone else wrestle Samoa Joe. Like, Yeah. And a lot of times they're sold on like, well, we're doing this right now. You're you're helping out your, your homie here on the roster. Like you're giving him a yeah. big moment. And then we'll bring you back and we'll give you a big thing. You're going to come back like a million bucks. They're yeah. not going to remember this. And a lot of that is kind of 
true. But it's like make the first match at least enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Don't let it be like. Are you talking about the new WrestleMania? Yeah, to, today the. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I mean a lot of them. They just want to get their entrance on it. Like they want to get the payday. People want to see them. Like yeah, they're and gonna that's get to see everybody. But it's yeah. like they're not gonna watch a ten minute match. Yeah, and it's like I don't know. It was. I mean, it was still like. I mean, it wasn't the best WrestleMania ever, but it was. Just, I mean, it was decent. They were, like I said, the Kofi match was great. I loved the Kofi match. I mm. thought that was a really good one, and I liked the Triple H Batista match just because like they had Shawn Michaels come out. I wish they let Shawn Michaels do a little something because I mean he did the casting, but. Uh, I thought it was good. It was a little silly because they did rip out Batista's nose ring. <laughs> it was a little silly, but <laughs> it, I mean, it was still because fu- I mean, you got to see you know Triple H bring out the sledgehammer. You know, you got to see a lot of you know Flair came out. Like it was, it was a good match. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot of like I don't know, just silly stuff. A lot of anticlimactic endings. You know, like the like the big matches had good endings, but it's I don't know. It could have been a little better, in my opinion. Yeah. No, it's But that's uh, still not gonna stop me from like watching wrestling. It's just fun. Yeah, and I think they, they know that, you know. Yeah. I think um I, I hate when people are like, you know wrestling's fake, right? It's like every wrestling fan in the world knows wrestling's fake. But it's like it's just like watching like a live movie. It's like you know the movies you watch are fake, right? It's like <laughs> shut the fuck up, just enjoy it. I had a funny thought though, watching well when I was reading I was actually reading about the Kofi match. And there was a bunch of people like, man, he's worked so hard in the comments are like, and okay, I know, I know they do know it's not real, but when you read it, you're kind of like, do they know? <laughs> like I almost like, I remember in the era that I came up when I came up and everybody was lamenting, like the loss of the kayfabe era and like, mm-hmm. we'll never be able to put the, the genie back in the bottle or the cat back in the bag. Everybody knows it's never going to be as cool as it was when people thought this shit was like yeah, legitimate or that there was some legitimacy. Um, but I was like, dude, with the way the direction the world is going, I could eventually see a lot of people taking it as a, as a, some, some, it's in some way legitimate. Oh yeah. I mean, that's one thing I'll say. I'm like, yeah, punches and kicks or, you know, whatever. But it's like, I mean, those guys are falling off 20 foot ladders into tables and shit. Like (laughs) those guys are doing that. It's like, there is some, you know, oh, another good match was the Shane Miz match. That Shane McMahon mismatch. That was a good one. Because I will say, Shane McMahon, while he, like, may not be the greatest wrestler or, you know, seller of moves and stuff, Shane is always about doing, like, high-risk shit. And, man, he pulled some high-risk shit in that match. It was really cool. I, I, I liked that match a lot, too. Yeah, he's he's a fun, he's fun to watch. I, I someone it might have been Cam Porter. I think it was either Cam it was either Cam Porter or Ethan Sandoval. Two big wrestling fans, much bigger oh. wrestling fans than I am. Uh, they're probably gonna listen to this and shit on me because they're like, <laughs> "Fuck all," and, and that's fair. I don't I don't keep up with the regular season. But uh, they were telling me that. Um, well, fuck. What was I talking about? I just completely lost my. Something Cam told you or Ethan. Before that, what were we talking about? Just wrestling well fuck never mind forget that story i just forgot my entire train of thought just zipped out there well the funniest the funniest thing about wrestling i think is maybe not the funniest thing but so many people look at the results and the results can come from so many different things i mean it's like a guy getting a promotion in the company and there's probably people in the company going, why the fuck did that guy get that promotion and like that's what we're doing and we don't even work there yeah but it's like 
there's like so many different reasons why. I mean, their merch sales could have gone up. They could be planning another thing. I mean, maybe they, you know, maybe they East started dating, you know, the chairman's daughter and then they got married. I mean, there's so many reasons why someone could get a promotion. Oh, I remember Shane McMahon now. They were talking about how Shane, out of all the McMahons, is the favorite because he's like, a genuine like he's a wrestler like all the wrestlers think of him more of a, as a wrestler than as a like a company owner mm. that's what i wanted to get to okay i knew it would come back around i was I just like just said shane yeah i know right i was just like what the fuck i don't know so do you, you ever have that where your mind just like zoop, oh, just sure. goes away yeah happens a lot <laughs> uh evan you got any plugs coming up you got Anything going on? I'm going to do... When is this going to be out? This is out tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. Uh, 4.20, I'm going to do a house show with Ooh. with some uh, rappers and some punk bands. Um, 4.20. Did I say 4.20? Yeah, 4.20. 420, 4.20 house show. If there's anyone that I wouldn't... Ass- <laughs> <laughs> Just I, I want to go to the show just to see you hang out with some rappers. Oh, it'll be cool. So oh, yeah. the rappers, they're a local group called The Neighbors, mm-hmm. and they're opening up at... Uh, Kane's Ballroom show here pretty soon Ooh. too for uh, Snow the Product. That's pretty cool. She's a famous. Uh, she's a uh, rapper. Yeah. Um. She's cool. She's come here before. Um. And and Alan Doyle's gonna open that show too with the neighbors. Cool. But the neighbors are just like cool dudes. Like, do you remember? So do you remember uh, Utopia days when like Goldie was bartending? I don't think I ever went to Utopia. You don't remember the Utopia shows? You were... I remember the Utopia shows. I just don't think I went to the Utopia shows. I think okay. I was always like working those days and couldn't go or something like that. Damn, that's crazy. I'm, yeah. I mean, you were in that era. I mean, I was. I just never went to Utopia. Wow. Uh, that was some bad booking. Speaking of bad booking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 420, that's pretty cool. I'll have to come check that out. It's yeah, fun. and then I'm doing 427, I believe. It should be it should be a Saturday uh, at the Equality Center, there's this uh, local group called SHOTS, mm-hmm. which stands for Stop Harm on Tulsa Streets. Mm-hmm. And they're making a lot of waves trying to get people uh, aware of um, aware of things. That's pretty um, cool. I didn't say that very eloquently. But oh, but you can just look up the organization. Just look up SHOTS on Facebook. And it's going to be at the Equality Center. And I've been told Gary Thompson is going to do a set on it, too. Oh, okay. Um and I'm, I think I'm going to be first first up on that because I have another thing that night that I got to go do. Mm-hmm. But they hit me up about it like a month ago and they're like, hey, we'd like to do some comedy on this thing. Yeah. And then they know someone else that knows Gary that got Gary. I didn't get I didn't do any. They might they might add some other people. I don't know yeah. what's going on with it. Um, but so I'm doing that. And then I've got another cool thing. I, I, I think I can't announce it yet, but. I hate doing that too. Like I've I've never made a post to being like, "Hey, I got a big thing on the horizon." I can't yeah. tell you guys, but stay got tuned. Some big like, stuff. I never on. do that, but <laughs> I do have a a cool thing coming up in the in the future. Actually, next year. Um, and then okay, and you gotta wait a whole year for this. I'll announce it before then. <laughs> but Thursday, uh, the last Thursday of this month, we're gonna have my heirloom comedy show comes back. The oh, heirloom yeah. comedy hour, and we've got Gerald. Uh, Hurricane Harris from really? UFC and Gerald all that stuff. Har- Gerald, Gerald Harris, Harris is, is so going to headline it for funny. us. Oh, he's so funny. He's I got to. I've done two shows with him. 
I remember when they were doing the Looney Saloon like comedy competition. Oh, he came out and did that. I remember the first one I went to, he was there, and I was like, "That's your fucking winner." I was like, "I'm not. I don't even want to go up." I was like, "He is gonna go up and dominate," and he did, man. He's just a. He's on another level. Like I, I really like his shit. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah. he told me he'd give me at least like a a thirty minute set for, yeah. or maybe more. I was like, "I'm not gonna time you, or just come have fun." Yeah. And he's bringing back his his Looney Bin show is coming back. Oh, really? Yep. Cool. It's coming back. I think. In June, it's okay. going to be back on Sunday night. Okay, the, it's he's calling it Sunday Night Live, and he just announced it today on on the, oh, okay. on the Facebook. I must not have seen it. Uh, yeah, no, I like Gerald Harris a lot. He's always been very nice and uh, very cool guy. And I've I've done a couple shows. And and, with you, him. and you know, um, if you want to come do a set on that heirloom show, you're welcome to. I mean, if you, I, I haven't put out the poster yet, if so. you if you'd have me, I'll come do it. I'm always down for time. Yeah, I've I've got all I've got is Gerald, and Gerald's got a mutual friend of ours that does stand up. That he wanted as um, mm-hmm. another actor. He's like, hey, can my my bro do a set with me? Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's totally cool. I've seen him before. Yeah. He's good. So then you'd be the other one, and then I'm going to be on it. So. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. I'm happy to do that. Yeah, and I won't time you or anything. You can just you do the set you want to do. Okay. Um, starts at 7. Okay, yeah. Just um, you know, hit me up with the deets later. I will, yeah. There'll be a flyer. There'll be – Heirloom does a really good job if they put it on their Instagram and on yeah. their Facebook and – um, it's been a really good show. I'm really happy with that show. Yeah, we I've have heard, a legit I've sound heard, guy. Yeah, I've heard nice things about it. Yeah, I, it's there's so many good shows in Tulsa that you can't come out and go. Oh, it's one of the best, sh- or it's the best show in Tulsa because there's like the yeah, Starlight show is awesome, yeah. the Sound Pony show. There's a lot of awesome shows, but I feel like it's at least in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then my plugs, I I'll be doing that show that Evan last Thursday of the month, last 7 Thursday PM. of the month. Heirloom uh, Rustic Ales. At Heirloom Rustic Ales. And then on the 19th, April 19th, I will be at the Starlight doing a show there. I think Sandra Slade's on it. And, um, oh, fuck. I'm sorry. The rest is forgetting. But I know Sandra's on it. And then uh, uh, you can catch me at the VFW Open Mic with my co-host, Sean. We host the VFW. It's actually, like, getting, you know, it's filling out. It's pretty cool. It's actually kind of blowing up a little bit now that we've kind of taken the helm. So yeah, you can definitely come catch us there. Funniest set gets a drink. We're gonna try. We you know we buy a drink for funniest set. We're gonna try to do more prizes eventually down the line. It's just right now we're just like all we can afford is to buy a drink because <laughs> I do like three dollar rum and cokes. So it's like you know I have like seven of those and I'm <laughs> I'm pretty good for the whole night. But uh, yeah, so it, uh, that's a lot of fun. Come check out them. Come check that out. Starts at sign ups are at seven forty five. Shows at eight thirty. I think pretty sure it's at eight thirty. Yeah. Uh, it's five minutes, you know, if you want to try comedy for the first time, you know, it's a good spot. It's, I like to call the VFW like a tough room in a way. Cause it's it like, you know, a majority of the time it's like comics, but we have been getting like interesting crowd people here lately, but, um, it's fun. I like it a lot and it's been a, it's been a joy to host and I'm glad, you know, Sean and I, I think Sean and I are, you know, doing well. That sounds braggy, but I mean, I think we're doing pretty well with it. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough room for so many reasons i feel like even the sets there i've seen that go well or even when i've i've had a set that i think go goes well you don't really hear the laughs like super loud like yeah. you you don't really like you don't feel it as much as some rooms well yeah but it, and it's also because the majority of the time it is comics and you know comics are very much you know kind of either in their head or just kind of thinking of different things and uh, stuff like that, but here lately we've actually been garnered like getting a crowd because um, we've started doing like trivia nights before the show, 
and then karaoke after the show. And so people kind of come in and hang out and stick around. And, uh, it's, you know, it's been a lot of fun. There's just certain certain rooms where I feel like the laughs kind of bounce around a little bit more and you're like, oh, I'm killing. Yeah. But the VFW, there's a little bit of a disconnect where you can be doing great, but up there you're going to feel like, oh, I'm yeah. not feeling it. Like you're not feeling that like yeah. you're I'm killing right now. And I feeling. mean, that's why it's like a good work room. It's like work on, you know, like what John, excuse me, what John Wynn said, you know, work on, shit, I keep burping, I'm sorry, work on your material or, you know, your you know, your, um, you know, your performance, you know, like work on, you know, being more confident and, or like stepping towards or like figuring out a cadence to jokes like it. That's kind of what I use it for is I'm like, okay, I'll go throw out some ridiculous shit and see what I can do with it. Like, um, I've been doing a joke about fart porn lately and it's just <laughs> fun to just start the show with that. Just be like fart porn. Let's talk about it and then go into it. And, uh, it's just a fun way for me to kind of like, figure out how I want to break things down and because you know it's like the people that do listen will come up and tell you you know hey I like this about it I like that about it and stuff like that and yeah, like I try to do the same for people too where I'm like hey what if you you know that's saved jokes for me before where yeah. I've like I would be so I would be at the point where I'm throwing it away but someone would tell me that they liked that bit yeah the, the craziest thing is that the friend zone joke that I've done literally for like almost four years now or whatever. Yeah, that's a great joke. I've done it for fucking ever. But I I wrote that was written in the class, in the class environment, and I I got rid of it when I wrote, like, my new set outside of class. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing any of the class stuff anymore. But Sheila told me she liked it. And then so I remixed it and wrote, like, the different ending that I still do today. But, like, I would never would have, like, worked on that joke if one person hadn't told me that they liked yeah. it. Like, it would be gone, but now I've done it for, you know, years now, and it'll probably never really go away. Yeah. Um, but it's all just sometimes someone will be like, oh, I, I I liked what you did there with that Megadeth bit or that broomstick bit or whatever, mm -hmm. and you're like, okay. Yeah. And, it, you know, and it helped, you know, like, I've, I've gotten a bunch of, like, I remember I did a joke that Dan Fritchie gave me a tag for that made it so much better, and so thank you to him. Uh, I love Dan. Oh yeah, Dan's great. <laughs> uh, I like Dan a lot. Uh, but yeah, he's you know I you know it's I think it's nice when people are like oh what if you tried this what if you did that like I you know I sometimes I feel like people might think that that's like being like oh well you didn't like the joke the way I did it and it's like no we did it's like but you know there are ways to do to you know make it a little crisper make it a little tighter you know well, it's like you see those memes that are out where it's like it's someone's status and it's like pretty funny. Yeah. But then the main part of the meme is where they've got the comment at the bottom that someone yeah. had for it. You know, yeah. it's like, it really needs both or it's best when it has both. Yeah. You know, it's just that extra perspective that the person didn't see. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. I, and you know, and I try to do that as much as I can for people. And you know, some, you know, it is weird to go up and be like, Hey, what if you did this differently? You know, I, I like it. I don't, I don't, get a lot of that yeah i you know i would be totally open to it yeah i don't think i get nearly the amount of criticisms that i'm like willing to take which is sad yeah you know that's my thing is like i i like it when people come up and they're like oh what if you tried this what if you did that you know like whenever i told ben more uh, that joke like he completely ripped into me and was like sorry if that was harsh and i was like no that's fine i was like that's what i need it's like, mm -hmm. I need you to tell me that so that I'm not like, oh, you know, about it. And it's like, and then I change the joke and then, you know, it works better. Uh, I'm not going to change the, 
It's the I, I think I, you might have heard it, but it's the Superman would have been more conservative since he grew up in Kansas. I don't see. I mean, um, that's the premise, at least. Yeah, I I didn't. You know, I I just I was I'm trying to think how to say it. I wouldn't I wouldn't have responded. Oh, it's hacky. Like I don't know who's done that joke before or whatever, but it seems fine. Well, it's not like <laughs> he didn't really say hacky. He was like oh, it's okay. kind of like lazy punchlines. And I was like, okay, that's fair. He was like, why don't you like expand a little bit more on like conservative beliefs and then do the little like punchlines? Because like the last punchline of the joke is if uh, Superman grabbed you by the pussy, you die. And uh, he was just like, that's kind of lazy, don't you think? And I was like, maybe a little bit. But I was like, but I'm not going to change that line. I was like, mm. I'll make it longer and then throw that in at the end. Because mm. I was like, because I just love that line. Because the yeah. only reason I love it now is because at the first shop one night, I did it. And these people went, ooh, like that. And I was like, ooh, really? I was like, you do know our president said that right like an actual fucking human not a fictional character like a real person did this and it was just like that's kind of like why i want to keep it in for that moment so that people could be like oh well yeah and i i like there was another comic that did the looney bin uh headliner uh like a year or so ago and he told me that he liked those grown moments if he has something funnier to get out of it Mm -hmm. it can be a good moment yeah you know, yeah. to put in a groaner if you've got that next thing. But if you don't have the next thing, yeah. then it sucks. Then it's like, then you just kind of have a groaner. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you mean. Well, Evan, thank right. you for coming, man. No, thank you, Zach. I, I really fun, appreciate man. you having on. This was for a sure, good episode. Uh, for the listeners at home, give it up for Evan. Thank uh, you guys so much I like for to being think here. People are clapping for you. Uh, and Evan, I appreciate you coming on, man, and we'll see you around. All right. See you all around. Thank you.